Welcome to the Life on the Upcycle podcast. I'm Ashley Titus, a coffee-obsessed, cloth-diaper-loving working mother with a master's degree in environmental management. Each week, I'll be bringing you interviews from experts with tools to help your busy family live a more eco-friendly, centered life. In a world that's constantly demanding you to show up, you won't have to worry about that here. I'll do the heavy lifting. So relax and enjoy. And together, let's love Earth Day because she's the only one we've got. Welcome to the Life on the Upcycle podcast. This is episode number eight. While eight is a small number and might seem insignificant to some, it is a milestone because many podcasters actually give up after episode number seven. Podcasting is a very time-consuming commitment and a labor of love. Thank you for listening today and joining me on this journey. At this time, podcasting is purely a passion project for me. So if you're enjoying today's episode and can think of someone else who might enjoy it too, please share Life on the Upcycle. I would greatly appreciate it. This week marks the 50th anniversary of Earth Week. It seems a little serendipitous that much of the world is in lockdown during this large anniversary. Diving down the rabbit hole of environmental living can be a little overwhelming. At times, even our best consumer choices seem to still have some negative implications on the environment. Regardless, the best way that we can vote for the earth is with our dollar, by supporting companies that go the extra mile to help preserve our world and by sharing your own journey. Did you change from plastic bags to reusable bags? That's awesome. Post a picture. Tell your brother, your neighbor, your friend, or just your Facebook following. Did you switch from your old toilet paper brand to one made from bamboo or recycled papers? Way to go. Share it. Did you change your electric company to a renewable energy provider? Share, share, share. These might seem like tiny decisions, but some of your family members and your friends aren't aware that they have options. By illuminating your choices, you will have positively encouraged a cultural change in your circle of influence. And that is exactly how a revolutionary wildfire grows. Be the spark in your corner of the world. Today, we're talking about plants. Have you heard of the term off-gassing? It's when newly manufactured items release chemicals, also known as volatile organic compounds or VOCs, into the air. Some of the most common culprits include carpet, building products, new furniture made from particle board or plywood because of the glue that holds those wood particles together, and household cleaners. A study from the University of Washington has actually shed some light on laundry products. Did you know that manufacturers are not required to disclose the ingredients used in their fragrances or products? Feel free to check it out yourself. Pull your laundry detergent from your shelf or your dryer sheets and see if you can find a list of the ingredients on the package. During this study, they looked at the chemicals emitted from the dryer vents. The towels they used in the study were washed in detergents and dryer sheets from leading brands. They found 25 organic compounds, including acetaldehyde and benzene, which the EPA classifies as carcinogens. In further studies, they linked home laundry fumes to asthma and migraine-induced problems. I'll include the link to the study and the link to the primary researcher's website so you can find additional studies that you might be interested in on this subject. Now, a simple fix to this problem is just to simply buy fragrance-free detergents and dryer sheets. In our home, we use the wool dryer balls, and if I want to spruce my laundry up a little, I'll just drop one or two drops of uh, lavender essential oil on the dryer ball. Now, something that's really cool is is that plants can actually help you filter your indoor air. Some different types of plants have actually been found to remove those volatile organic compounds that we were discussing. 
In today's episode, Raquel Cohen will discuss the benefits of having succulents and plants in your home. Raquel knows one thing is certain, and that is that her life's purpose is to connect herself and others with the natural world. As an author, environmental educator, energy worker, and creator and owner of Infinite Succulents, a botanical styling art and educational service based out of San Diego, California, Raquel is dedicated to reconnecting to the infinite power of nature through creative and intentional engagement with the natural world. Raquel creates living art, botanical and crystal infusions, and nature-filled spaces while teaching others how to create their own art and botanical remedies through her writings, presentations, workshops, and social media content. Raquel is a ball of energy and a wealth of knowledge in all things plants. One thing that I'm really grateful for with this podcast is that it's given me the opportunity to talk to people who I wouldn't normally speak with and also to make new friendships. Raquel is definitely one of those people who I now consider a friend. She's amazing and I know that you're going to really enjoy this episode. So without further ado, let's dive in. Thank you so much today for joining me. There's different types of people in life. Some people I really vibe with, and I feel like you're one of those people I could talk to you forever. So thank you so much for coming on. Oh my goodness. Thank you. That is such a wonderful compliment and agreed. I've loved our conversation so far. Absolutely. Me too. Would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and what you're passionate about? Oh, my pleasure. So I have a background in environmental education with a specialty in marine biodiversity and conservation. I've worked at numerous aquarium and zoos, including the San Diego Zoo, Monterey Bay Aquarium, um, and I'm all about connecting people with nature. And I used to do that through working at places like zoos and aquariums and being an educator at places like that, creating curriculum, teaching kids who came in on field trips, teaching teachers who were coming in on teacher professional development. And then at the birth of my second daughter, I started playing a lot with plants, succulents in particular, as a means of dealing with some really bad postpartum anxiety and depression. And I gained such a sense of joy from doing that, that I started making lots of art pieces and gifting it to other people. And I ended up creating a whole business called Infinite Succulent, which is all about connecting people with nature through creative expression with plants. And I do botanical styling for homes and businesses. I teach workshops and private parties. So I bring all the plants and all the materials to use so that we can create different planted art. I also write blogs. I'm also an energy worker, which is something that has started up for me in the last two years in particular. And I'm an author as well. My first book, Infinite Succulent, Miniates for Living Art to Keep or Share, is a book of succulent crafts. And it's actually great for right now because it's all these miniature succulent crafts that you can do with all kinds of found materials around your home and garden. Great to do with kids. That came out February 2019 by Countryman Press. And I'm actually working on a whole nother book project right now, which will delve all into the holistic wellness benefits of living and working with plants. I absolutely adore your book. It's funny because I bought it for a friend and 
I don't want to let it go now. <laughs> it's <laughs> perfect for like, just having one of those nice books on a coffee table. Like the photography in this book is gorgeous. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, my photographer, she's a friend of mine. She did such a good job. She really saw my vision and helped me bring that to life in such a beautiful, vibrant way. I'm so grateful. Her name is uh, Marie Manaforte. That's gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Well, and one, one thing I always say to my participants who take place in the workshops is let the plants do the heavy lifting. They are so beautiful that let your judgment of whatever you're creating go because whatever you make, it's going to be beautiful. The plants are just so fun to work with and they're so beautiful and so varied that no matter what you create, it's going to look good. I had no idea until I started going through your book, like just all the vibrant colors that are in different succulents. You know, I was not very familiar with succulents at all until I moved here to California back in 2005. But one thing that is so funny is that when I was in high school, I used to doodle around the little holes in our binder paper. Remember, we had like the three holes for the loose leaves and stuff. I would make this flower that would go around that hole and it would be these like leaves that were kind of elliptical and they go around and then there'd be a set of leaves that would go around it and a set of leaves that would go around it. And I would make this doodle all the time. And I realize now I was drawing succulents. I had no idea what succulents were, but I was drawing them. (laughs) That's amazing. I have a similar story. I used to always doodle this house, like just this random little cottage. And then one day it dawned on me that we were living in that house. Are you serious? Yes, as an adult. So, I mean, even the pathway that went up to the house was this rock, rock pathway. And I would even draw that out, the the exact window placement. And then we ended up living wow. in a house. Yeah. In a, oh, a my park. gosh. I have chills right now. Yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Love that. We are very intuitive creatures, more than we even know. I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. Did you mention that you also have a boutique? You know, I don't think I mentioned that, but yes, I do. I do have an online boutique and one of my most popular selling items, even right now with, you know, quarantine and pandemic and everything is my crystal succulents, where I actually plant succulents into high quality crystals. And then I can ship those all around the United States. They last for a long time. They're easy to ship and they are just a very unique kind of high vibe gift. They're gorgeous. I love the driftwood one. And I sent the link to my husband for Mother's Day. So he's got that planned out. They're so beautiful. Oh, I love that. My mom actually told me, one of my friends from high school last winter, back in like early 2019, he ordered a bunch of driftwood pieces to send to his mom, his aunt. And my mom was telling me that she had been talking to his mom and she still had her driftwood piece alive and it's like the center of her table. She loves it. It's like been a year and it's just a really special piece to her. And that makes my heart swell just so big. I just love being able to connect with others in that way, for them to connect with my art, for them to connect with their own love for nature when they see my art. I mean, that's why I feel I'm here on earth. I, my whole life, I felt like my one reason for being here is be a bridge between people and the natural world. You know, that's changed for me. The iterations of how I do that has definitely changed, but that's the one constant for me in my life is that I know that's what I'm supposed to do. And 
that's what I do. <laughs> that's amazing. Did I see that you have a sale right now for your energy services? Yeah. So what I'm doing right now, just with what's going on, I am offering one of my services completely free for anyone who's interested. And it's just a, a chakra read where I take a look at how the energy is flowing through your body and let you know where energy is being absorbed and moving freely, where you might have some energy blockages and where you might actually be leaking some energy. And then I'll just offer you some suggestions of activities or mantras that help you to find some balance. Now, for those who are not aware of energy system and chakras, that could be a whole other podcast. But chakras, there are seven main ones in our body. We have thousands in our body, but there are seven big main ones. And they're energy vortexes within our body. They're areas in our body. They kind of spin like a wheel. And they take in and release energy and move it throughout our body. And that energy is what keeps us vital and healthy. So it's really important that you allow energy to continue to flow throughout your body to stay healthy. And typically what happens is before we have any physical, emotional, mental ailments that come out, like before we actually get sick, before we start dealing with feelings of anxiety or depression, before we have any kind of chronic illness that comes out, it's going to happen energetically first. And then if the energy doesn't get moved, it doesn't start moving, then it will start manifesting physically. Wow. That makes complete sense. Yeah, I, I could go off on that for a long time. I actually, if you go on my IGTV, I have a couple of videos back in January that really talk a little bit more in depth about energy, what it is, what the chakras are. Where can people find you? So you can find me on my website, which is infinite succulent, it's singular.com. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram. I am very active on Instagram at infinite succulent. You can also find me on Facebook. And those are the three main places. That's awesome. So why succulents? Love that question. For me, succulents, they just kind of pecued my interest when I first moved to California. I would see them everywhere. I loved the way they look. Once I realized that the jade plant was a succulent, I was not a plant person for a really long time. I was really into animals and I liked plants just for like background, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I was way more into the animals. It was all about marine mammals, large charismatic megafauna. I was just into all of that. But right around the time I moved to California, and then especially around the time of my first pregnancy, I really started to get very intrigued by plant life. And with the succulents in particular, I realized once I started getting into them here in California, that I had a relationship with them as a child. My grandmother had this jade plant in her house that I was like in love with. It was, I used it like a toy. It was one of my favorite plants and I would always my little toy animals and my toys playing around that plant. I loved the feel of the leaves, the chubbiness of them. I loved how they would even pop off the stem. They would just kind of pop off. And I just remember like rubbing them between my fingers a lot as a kid and just like the sensory side of them. But then in here in California, it was way more than jade. They were like these types of succulents that look almost like flowers, Aeonium or the Echeveria types. They would come in all these different colors. They had these chubby leaves that just, you look at them and they look like they want to be squeezed and hugged. Um, <laughs> and then I found out that you can clip them and stick them back in the dirt and they'll start growing roots again. 
and the place that you clipped from will grow brand new heads. And so as a sustain, someone who is a conservationist and someone who teaches about sustainability, the fact that these plants were so sustainable just solidified my love for them. They're drought tolerant, which is amazing here in California because they store water in their leaves and their stem. That's what makes them actually a succulent. They love to be propagated. And then another thing for me, I think the reason they are my muse is because they have this resiliency and this kind of will to survive that actually reminds me a lot of the earth. Succulents, they can really take a beating. Like you can look at some after the hot, dry summer here in San Diego, and they'll look like they have burnt edges around their leaves. They'll look kind of sad and they'll look like they might not make it through. But then the winter comes and after the first rain or just cooler weather, they just come back like it's never been an issue for them. They just come back looking full of health, full of vitality. So that just reminds me a lot of the restorative and regenerative capacity of our earth, which I think right now in particular is something that I hope can give everyone a little bit of a sense of hope during this time. You know, as we're all all over the world stuck here in quarantine, what that's allowing for our earth is a huge amount of restorative healing. And I hope that's something that we can continue to think about and be aware of as we get a hold of this global pandemic and are able to come back into quote unquote, our daily lives again. Like I hope that we can keep in mind some of the changes and the lack of consumption and the lack of production that happened over this time and see how that's been impacting our earth and think about how do we go into the future now knowing this, really knowing it, you know? Definitely. I completely agree. It's amazing to see the air pollution numbers have dropped tremendously around the world. Yeah. Waters are cleaner than they've ever been in our lifetime, which is yeah. just amazing that, I mean, some places it's only been like a month or two and things have bounced back so quickly. I think too now it's so important to take this opportunity to take a look at, you know, where we're spending our money because there's a lot of things that we can't control mm-hmm. with the situation right now, but that's one thing we definitely can control is what companies we're supporting and diving a little bit deeper into those to make sure there are companies that align with our belief systems. Yeah, I, I a thousand percent agree with you. And it's um it's very interesting right now because we none of us know what's gonna come from this. Right. One of the things I've been saying a lot with my husband and with my friends is I don't really want to go back to normal when this is all over. Um, at least certain aspects of normal. I don't think that the constant production of things just to keep on moving things around the world benefits anybody, really. It creates a lot more waste that right now we don't really have much to do with. It's products that often we don't need, Mm -hmm. not good for us, are made from items that are not beneficial to ourselves or our planet. So this is a really good time for us to really think about how can we allow for, you know, economies to grow, businesses to thrive in a way that keeps in mind earth and health, because that's really been missing from our conversation for far too long in most of the business circles. I wholeheartedly agree. I hope that this really propels us into those conversations. 
I hope so too. I, I really do. I mean, I, the fact is we're having this conversation right now. So that gives me a lot of faith. And I know that there's a lot of people having these conversations right now. And I hope that it also gives us some hope when it comes to the whole issue of climate change, because you know, scientists and conservationists and even politicians have been sounding the alarm about climate change for over 30 years with no change, no real change in our behavior as a global collective. And not for lack of desire, I think the majority of people around the world desire for there to be a change in the amount of carbon emissions and a change in the way that we do things. It just hasn't had enough of like the kind of political momentum that it needs. And they were telling us for so long, you know, industry is too big to make these changes. Industry is too big to stop burning fossil fuels. And yet here comes this tiny microscopic virus and it's shut down everything. So industry is not too big. Change is always possible. Always, 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 always. You know, climate change for someone who is opposed to it from a political standpoint, like Politics aside, mm-hmm. when nature is hurting, your health is directly related. There's all mm-hmm. of these studies about, you know, air pollution and how that's bad for your body on so many different levels, health-wise and, you know, respiratory, but then also to your mental health. And just like you're saying, when nature is hurting, we're all hurting. Yeah. I'm, I'm writing extensively on this very topic right now. And I don't think it's for nothing that as we see the rates of deforestation, pollution, environmental degradation, species extinctions, as we see all of that increase, we're also seeing at the same time rates of chronic illness, Mm -hmm. cancer, um, respiratory ailments, obesity, uh, anti-inflammatory issues, mental health issues, all of that is rising too. And I'm a very spiritual person. I I grew up very religious. I am not a religious person at all. But I do, I've always had a a very deep connection to kind of a creator, like something bigger than us. And in the last few years, I've really turned to spirituality as a way to kind of make sense of a world that I wasn't understanding. Um, And it's really filled me up in a lot of ways. And I see a lot of similarity between my spiritual teachings, what what I've been reading, and then what I studied in ecology. Because when I, in college, started studying ecology, for me, it was like that became my religion, this idea of the interconnection of all life. And so one of the things we talk about a lot in spirituality that we talk a lot about in ecology is, first of all, we are all one. We are all interconnected here on earth mm-hmm. through food cycle, through water cycle, through the air cycles. I mean, yeah. we're all interconnected and in what we do to the earth, we do to ourselves. And in spirituality, we talk a lot also about as without, so within, right? Like what's happening on the larger macrocosm level is going to be happening on the smaller microcosm level within us. And I think that's what we're seeing What's hap- what we're doing to the earth, we're doing to ourselves. This is, it's just a wildfire. It is, yeah. Especially to the economy. And it's heartbreaking and sad to see that you know, there's definitely going to be some businesses that don't make it through this. Similar to a forest, you know, human resilience is, is that there's going to be new businesses that mm-hmm. all of a sudden have room to grow from this. Mm-hmm. That now, you know, that canopy has been cleared out and we'll see new things come from it. So that'll be really interesting. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it is hard. And I don't want to belittle anyone suffering at this point, whether it's economic or health wise or, you know, right. family members who are sick. It's scary. It's scary out there. I 100% believe that. But I think sometimes as humans, we forget to look at the larger picture, the bigger picture. And we forget that actually when it comes to, you know, the, the age of the earth, us as humans have really only been here for a blip of time. <laughs> and yeah. in that blip of time, we have changed things drastically. So I think it's important for us to kind of try and take a larger perspective, look at even what's happening right now. And the short term look at, you know, the economic side of things right now is definitely scary. But I think what you're doing, which is kind of looking and projecting more long term of what could grow from this is a really, really good way to kind of balance out that fear and look down the road to creating businesses and entire systems that actually will better serve humanity and the planet. Because we all know our system, a lot of the systems we had in place were not benefiting any of us. They weren't benefiting the planet. They weren't benefiting the majority of the people. They were benefiting a few people on top, you know? Some things needed to change. And I think that this illness is really bringing to the forefront a lot of the issues we've kind of been skirting around for decades now that we can't, we can't dance around them anymore, whether it's healthcare, whether it's, you know, access to uh, healthy foods, whether it's um, who, you know, essential services, how, how we're, how we are protecting people in the workplace. If this, this is all stuff that's really important and we're, we're being forced to have the conversations that we've kind of been avoiding for, for a while. I feel like we could talk about that all day. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So I, I think before one of our previous conversations, I had shared with you that I had killed my succulent. I think we determined it was from overwatering. Yeah. Do you have any suggestions for easy to care for plants that someone who maybe has a brown thumb like myself could take away from this? Oh, definitely. Succulents are very easy to care for. I find that for people who want to get into plants but are a little nervous or maybe haven't had good luck in the past, bringing in a succulent might be a great plant for you to wet your gills, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, so my three top succulents for bringing inside your home would be the jade plants, the aloe vera, and the sansevieria, otherwise known as snake plants or mother-in-law's tongue. All three of those plants can do well in low light conditions as well as brighter sun conditions. They all require minimal care and maintenance. And aloe vera and sansevieria in particular have amazing air purifying capabilities. And then aloe vera has the added benefit of the medicinal gel within its leaves can be used for so much. I love aloe vera. I think that everyone should have an, at least one aloe vera plant inside their home. They live in a temperate place. You should have like a whole bunch growing in your yard. They are just an amazing plant that have been used by humans probably before ancient Egypt. I mean, they've been used for humans for health reasons for hundreds of thousands of years and for good reason. They are amazing, amazing medicinal plants. We had one growing up and like anytime someone would accidentally burn themselves, we would run and, and grab a fresh piece of aloe vera. It was really nice to have. And I've heard people like freeze pieces of aloe vera and keep them on hand for sunburn. Actually, right now I have a whole bag of aloe vera leaves in my fridge in my garage right now. 
I've been using the gel to make hair masks, face masks, oh. and hand sanitizer. I planted a whole bunch of aloe vera for my neighbor about a year ago, and she called me over a couple of weeks ago and was like, can you clip some of this? It's going like crazy. <laughs> so I clipped a whole bunch of leaves, and so I still have a, a nice apply in my fridge <laughs> right oh, now. But uh, in the summertime, I usually have at least one or two cut leaves in my stored in my fridge for those after the beach days. Yes. My, I have to say my girls actually do not burn and I'm a redhead, but I actually, for a redhead, can tan pretty well. But inevitably there's always that one day in the summer where we're just out a little too long and you just get home and it feels a little red that night, but you put some aloe vera on it. For me, it really, like the next day, the burn doesn't even look like a burn anymore. It's, yeah, it's here. gone down into like a tan. So love it. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, and I love to this conversation because I feel like it's so pertinent to the situation so many people are in right mm-hmm. now, adding plants to your house. Mm-hmm. There's so many benefits yeah. from having plants indoors that can help everyone who is stuck indoors right yeah. now. I think especially for those people who are stuck inside and maybe don't have access to a backyard or a front yard or a place to walk or any kind of yard or even like a balcony it it's tough. So being able to have elements of nature that you can connect with inside your home allows you to connect into that love and that support and the inspiration that we all get from nature. And I think it also helps to remind us that we are nature. I think as humans, we we often tend to keep ourselves out of that equation nature's that thing outside our home and we can either control it or be at its whim, but it's separate from us. And we forget that we are as much nature as the birds, as the grass, trees. We evolved on this planet, just like every other species that we interact with. And it's really important for us to remember that we are not better than nature or worse than nature. We our nature and we are part of the interconnected systems that allow all of us to thrive. And when we forget that, we kind of stop thriving. Hi, I'm so sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to make sure that you knew that we were also on social media. You can find us at Facebook and Instagram on Life on the Upcycle. Within Facebook, we have an awesome community group. It'd be awesome if you started a conversation within the community. There, you can pose questions, give suggestions for things that you've implemented into your house to help other busy families. And lastly, have you followed this podcast? It would be awesome if you would. That way, you'll get updates on the newest episodes. Let's dive back in. One of the things I wanted to share, I know we mentioned a little bit about, you know, bringing houseplants into your home. And one of the things that's really fascinating with the research is that our brains actually really respond to vegetation, to being able to just look out at greenery. There's been a number of research studies that have found that even patients who are recovering from surgery if they are in a room where they have a view of plants or there is an actual living plant in their room, they heal faster with less pain and with less complaints. So, And then there's been a number of studies that have also found that just having exposure to more greenery 
really reduces the amount of stress hormones we have, the cortisol levels, and it really shifts our brain from functioning more in like, it kind of affects us in the nervous system, that kind of subconscious level. So most of the time, us in Western society tend to be operating more from our sympathetic nervous system, which is more of our fight or flight. We're kind of always ready to run or fight. (laughs) Right. Especially in our climate of busy. Yes, that's just kind of where we're at. And our cortisol levels are pretty high. And that really is not great for our adrenal glands either. It just, it really, that's why we experience burnout so much is because we're just running at this pace of like, I either need to run for my life or fight for my life right now. And we know it's not true. It's just kind of the way, yeah, busy life, the deadlines, the money, all of the things, all of the stressors. Right. The expectations to always be on and responding and you never can get away. Yeah, I agree. If you're someone who, you know, reads the news or is involved, like knows what's going on in politics or or someone like me who really cares about the environment and sees things moving maybe in the opposite way than I think it should be. And it really, like I've had experiences where the ecophobia has been really detrimental for me. What happens when you're around plants is it kind of quiets that part of the brain and then it it allows the, the part of the brain that is more about the parasympathetic nervous system, the part that's more about rest and restore, that side, it increases that part of the brain. And it really also quiets the part of the brain that's really responsible for negative self-talk. I know personally, I have like one day a week where I tend to water all of my plants and care for my plants. And I really make that an exercise in self-care for myself. So that when I'm doing it, I take my time. I stroke the leaves of my plants and look for new growth. I dust them and I really breathe deeply and enjoy kind of losing all concept of time as I'm just interacting with my plants in a way that is very present and very appreciative. And I think by Kind of doing that, what I'm what I'm allowing is a more of a sense of rest and restoration to come over my body, as opposed to acting more from a place of gotta get this done so I can get on to the next thing kind of feeling, right? Right. Yeah, I adore that. That's wonderful. It's funny you mentioned that too. Um, in researching for this episode, I came across quite a bit of research that also stated that having plants indoors could improve different areas of your health. Yeah. Oh, well, one of the things they found with some of the studies with forest bathing, which they're doing a lot of studies on in Japan and South Korea, and forest bathing is really when you just go out into a wooded, foresty area and either just sit still for a couple hours or just kind of walk around or just be there, be very present in the woods, in the forest, and really breathe deeply. And they've been studying this since the 80s, really, in Japan in particular. And when you spend time out in the forest, you reduce your heart rate, you reduce your blood pressure. It just happens naturally. And no one really knows exactly why the, the physiological changes happen. We know what's causing it. A lot of it has to do with the phytochemicals of the plants, the terpenes, the scent chemicals the plants give off as a way to communicate with each other. That actually impacts our immune system. And that's actually how and why essential oils work, which again, could be a whole nother podcast conversation. But when we breathe in the chemical scents and some of the chemicals that the plants give off, 
most of the time, what it's doing is it boosts our immune system and reduces our stress and reduces our heart rate and reduces our blood pressure. There was this one professor from Harvard. uh, He was a biologist. His name was E.O. Wilson. And he wrote a book, I think it was either late 70s or early 80s, called Biophilia. And he had this hypothesis that humans are genetically predisposed. So we have in our DNA that's like coded for us to have a love for other forms of life because we evolved in nature with these other forms of life. So bio means life and philia means love. So the biophilia hypothesis just means that humans are genetically coded to love life, (laughs) which I think is so beautiful. I think it's something that we should all remember. (laughs) We should all remember that we have a love for life and that love then should be translated into action, aligned, responsible action. Yes, I agree. Be better stewards. 100%. I I agree. And I think one of the things is really focusing on this idea that if the planet's not healthy, we can't be healthy either. If we're not healthy, (laughs) a lot of it has to do with what what are we eating? What are we breathing in? What are we drinking? That's where health starts. And, um, you know, if our air supply is contaminated, that affects all of us, all of us. You mentioned, what are we drinking? There's a professor at TCU and she came out with a book and it's called your, what your brain looks like on birth control. Oh, really? Pretty interesting. Like what's crazy about that though, is, is then you really kind of dive deeper into that. And, you know, I'm sure you've heard about Mm -hmm. the, the levels, the hormone levels that Mm -hmm. they're finding from in the water system. Not even just that. Also from like the pain medications, you know, that ends up in our water systems too. And then of course, we have issues like microplastics. (laughs) I mean, plastic has become so. Oh my goodness. Everywhere. I mean, plastic is everywhere. It's it's actually some of these tiny little particles of plastic are actually floating in our air at this point. Right. Well, and they're so small that they can be absorbed through our skin, which is terrifying. We have no idea how that's impacting us. It can't be positive, you know? Well, and then, you know, when I start thinking about that, sometimes I find myself going down a fear spiral. So I always have to remind myself. I know you probably can hear my anxiety in my voice. How how could it not? Like these feel out of our control and yet feel like they have a a very big negative impact on, on our health and the health of our family. So one of the things I often like to remind myself when I start getting really of some of this stuff, and I've learned this when I got trained in the first level of chronic healing. Chronic healing is kind of like Reiki. It's a form of energy manipulation, and it works on an energetic level. And there's two laws that we learn about before we even start working on like manipulating energy. The first is the law of self-recovery, which means that just as the earth is always looking to seek homeostasis and seek balance, so Mm -hmm. too are our systems, our bodies. Our bodies are, again, smaller microcosms of the larger macrocosm of earth. And so the earth is able to restore and regenerate if given the space and time after a disturbance. Our bodies should also be able to restore and heal after a disturbance, after an illness, as long as we give it the space and the time. So that's one of the first laws to know. Each and every one of us have the ability to heal. And our bodies are made to be able to kind of process through certain levels of contaminants. You know, like we have our kidneys and our livers that clean things out, but it's kind of like just the overexposure and the consistent exposure and like the buildup that we then get of that, that we have to be careful of. And that's where 
things like energy work come to help if they clear out the energy system of old stagnant energy so new fresh energy can come in and help restore the ability for the body to heal. Absolutely. Yeah. Ah, I love that, Raquel. Thank you. Yeah. It's it's funny because that's not necessarily how we planned for this talk to go, but it's needed to be said. And I love that. Oh, Thank my you. pleasure. And I love the fact that you and your husband are kind of, I, I love that, that kind of metaphor you were giving, like that this is, this illness is like the wildfire. Because I agree. I mean, even like what I was saying earlier, like this is earth bringing the wildfire to us directly now, because obviously the burning of California and Australia and the Amazon and I think it was uh, Europe a couple of years ago like that wasn't doing enough for us so we had to we had to bring it on in a personal way um, and now it's here with us and what are we going to do about it right yeah absolutely it's a global problem versus you know just watching it on the news it's what a unifier you know that's one of the things I see is like how amazing that for the first time probably in recorded history, everyone in the world is experiencing something similar. I mean, of course, the way that people are reacting or like how your your individual experience will always be unique. But the fact is, is that everyone all over the world is having to deal with a global pandemic and, and have some some semblance of like quarantining. It's just, wow, you know, we're, we're, we're living through the history books right now. 